Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. We're starting a series today. Our series is called Emotions, and I'm really excited about it because I believe that this is one of those series that will see people experience freedom in their life. And emotions, they hold great power over you. They have the ability to affect your future. But how many of you guys would realize just because you have an emotion doesn't necessarily mean that you should trust it? You might be feeling it. I get that. I I understand that. But is it creditable? Like just because you had it, does it mean that it should necessarily be there? Emotions have great power over your future. They can shape it. They can restrict it in some ways. And a lot of people are just prone to wanting to act on their feelings. Should you act on all the feelings that you have? Well, maybe not. Um, that's part of this series. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this as well. Emotions are not bad. You've got them. I've got them. We didn't invent them. God's got them. They're okay. They're good. But if they're not based in reality, then it can impact your future. It can distort your future. And so we're going to do a a series on a number of emotions. Uh, We're going to talk next week about joy. Pastor Sarah's going to preach. It's Mother's Day, by the way. I just thought I'd mention that in case you haven't got a gift for your mum. Make sure you go out and get one. Uh, We're going to talk about anger. We're going to talk about offense. But today I want to talk about something really specific. And I want to talk about fear, but not just fear in general, because that's a really big topic. But I wanted to speak about a specific fear that I think is incredibly restrictive to the body of Christ, to to God's people, which is a fear of men. It's where you're afraid of people's opinions. What will people think about you? What will people say about you? And the good news for us is that, you know, we don't have to wonder what God would say. We have His Word. We can read it. A couple thousand years ago, they were dealing with all the same stuff. So there's no, no new problems here today. But I want to read to you out of Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, I am astonished that you, Church of Galatia, are so quickly deserting him. When they say deserting him, what he's not saying is, oh, you just made like a simple mistake. You kind of crossed the line a little bit here and just make a couple tweaks. Just, just step back over the line. He's saying, no, no, no. You are distorting the gospel. You are changing it. You are changing the core message of the gospel. This is the framework that Paul opens with. He says, you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Here's the context, right? He says, not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Did you know in the Old Testament, if you would distort the words of God, that they would kill you for it. If you were a prophet in the Old Testament, you said, here's a word from God and you got it wrong, end of you. So it's pretty serious. This is Paul's background. He understands that 
and he thinks this is pretty serious. By the way, just to get it in your mind right now, start to think about this. Why would anyone want to change the gospel? Are you kidding me? You kidding me? And if you're here today and you're new to church, I'll tell you that the gospel is the greatest, most inclusive message you've ever heard in your life. It's the message that tells you the truth about you and me, which is we are not perfect. News flash. And the the imperfections that we have in our life, the Bible calls that sin. Sin's not just the bad stuff you do. It's the good stuff you're supposed to do that you don't do. So it's the stuff you do and the stuff that you don't do that you're meant to do. There's a whole bunch of things that we're meant to get right. And the Bible says that we're living in error. We fall short, fall, falling short of what God's purpose, plan and intention is for our life. And that margin of error means we cannot live in eternity with God. So we have to keep going back to Him and asking Him for forgiveness. But nothing is going to fix that problem. And humanity tried to fix that problem for a long time. We weren't able to do it. So God sent Jesus to represent humanity. He lived the perfect life that we could not live. And then in the most amazing act of grace, He exchanged our broken, sinful life for His perfect one. So as Christian people, we are not self-righteous. Everything we get comes by the grace of God. We stand in the righteousness of Christ, His righteousness on us, which we got as a gift. So all we do is have gratitude and say thank you. So He gave us His perfect life. We gave Him our sinful one. And when He died on the cross, He paid the penalty for all of our mistakes. And if you believe that by faith, you are in a relationship with Jesus. And I'll tell you right now, that is the only thing that can save you. Right? So that's like the gospel. It's not the one that they were preaching. Verse 8, it says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. That's, that's pretty serious. That's pretty serious. Like if you and I were at a conference and I was sitting next to you, and some preacher got up and started distorting the gospel. And I stood up and said, I curse you in Jesus' name. You'd, be, you'd find another seat. <laughs> You're like, just calm down. Like, don't you think that's a little extreme? Well, you better tell Paul about that. Because he's like, no, curse you in Jesus' name which pretty much means I, I hope that God judges you right now for your mistakes. Whoa. This, is, this is the heaviest start to a series I reckon we've ever done. It'll get better. He says, let him be cursed. Verse 9, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. He doubles down on that. He says it twice. Verse 10, For am I now seeking the approval of man or God? Am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. This could have been written yesterday. This could have been written yesterday and it would be unimaginably relevant today for us because people are still trying to change the gospel because people still have feelings that conflict with some of the things that are spoken about in this book. And because of their struggle to reconcile some of the content of what is in this book, rather than just say it means what it says, and it says what it means, they want to try to find a way around that because they have feelings 
feelings about what this says. I, I don't exactly know how to explain that part of the Bible. So maybe we'll just say, I don't really know about all of it. I'm not sure about that. Maybe we w- wouldn't believe all of that stuff. And if you've ever had those thoughts, um, I just give you a good opportunity to fix that up today. Because if we read what Paul says, he says, God will judge you. All right, so now we are at the rock bottom of how heavy this sermon is going to get. You know, I know it's serious, but it's true. I think a fear of man is the work of the devil. I think it's where he does his best work. I think people that are overthinking things all of the time, analyzing every conversation, being afraid of what other people are thinking about them, desperately seeking the approval of people. So replaying what they said and did they give me a funny look when I said that thing and just like reciting it just to make sure that they didn't say anything offensive because like God forbid that we should offend anyone. Right? I think that that's what happens. And it's not just about preaching the gospel. People do this in conversations all of the time. It's a fear of man. It's a desperation to seek the approval of other people. Now, I'll say that some fears are totally okay, totally reasonable, some fears. If you came to me and said, not, I'm, not, I'm not crazy about you know, snakes or sharks or spiders, I'd say you should have picked another country to live in. Okay, I'm not Terribly excited about meeting those creatures in the wild either. But if your fear, if you have a fear of sharing the gospel because you think, well, it might actually offend somebody. And it's not necessarily the offense that's the issue. It's the fear of being rejected by that person. What if they don't like me anymore after I speak to them? In all honesty, I think that's demonic. I really mean it. Because the devil has a vested interest in making sure that the gospel doesn't advance across the earth. So if you are hypersensitive and hyper aware and live with the fear of being rejected, you are likely to go silent when it comes to sharing the truth. So when I say it's demonic, I'm not trying to get like ooky spooky and like crazy spiritual. I'm saying the devil wants you to feel like that so that you don't actually say what needs to be said. And if you go on YouTube right now, it won't take you very long to find pastors or preachers, and I'm not trying to be critical of anyone specifically, but you'll find stories of pastors and preachers who believed one thing for all of their life until they had a child that struggled with something that the Bible calls a sin, and then they totally reversed what they said. What changed their theology? Their feelings. It's feelings-based. And I, I get it. I understand the, the, the tension. And like as, as, a, as a pastor, the reason why I said yes to this was because I love people. And even if people disagree with me, I love people. And if they don't believe what I believe, I, I still love people. So it's, it's not an issue of love. But I, I go, wow, like, are we really going to change what we say because we're worried that someone would feel bad about it? Like if I 
told my kids, this is a crazy analogy, but look, just go with me, right? If I said to my kids, right, if they said, Dad, can I touch the hot plate? And I told them it was safe to touch right after I turned it off. You'd say, you're a wacko parent. And I'm like, well, they just need to learn. You know, like, you'd say, what is wrong with you? So why would anyone as a Christian distort the gospel and tell them that something's safe when it's not? What kind of wacko are you? Do you, like, you get what I'm saying? First of all, I seem like the wacko, but now it's like maybe there's a lot of crazy people out there who want to distort it. We have a, a, a culture in the world that we live in, cancel culture, that punishes anyone for offending a minority group. The problem is there are so many minority groups, you can't, you can't go anywhere without offending someone. So what are, we, what are we really supposed to do? Like to me, it, it just doesn't make sense. We have a currency of fear where people are afraid of saying things because they're going to get rejected by some group of people, oftentimes that they've never even met. I am astonished today at the state of the world in which we live. And I'll say this, over the last, I don't know, month, it just keeps popping up in my Facebook feed or whatever, where a journalist will be interviewing some leader of a country, and they'll ask him a really simple question like, what is a woman? <laughs> they don't know what to say. Are we seriously at this point? Like, and you know what? We all know they really know. We know they know, and they know we know they know. But they're afraid that there's some pocket over here, wait, over here, some of you caught that, there's a pocket of people over here, right, and they're so afraid that they're going to say something about them that they'll be rejected and because of that they don't share the truth. How crazy would we be if we did the same thing? doesn't make sense to me. What will people think of me is a question that stops the gospel from advancing. Have you ever felt the prompting of the Spirit to, to speak to someone about who God is, but you were so concerned about what they might think about you that rather than say anything, you just tried to find a way out or let that person leave the room and say, oh, I'll do it next time. Have you ever had that? You must have had it. We've, we've all had it. You know, for me, I, because I work at church, the good news is all the people I work with, they know Jesus. That makes it hard for me to lead any of them to Jesus. So for me, a lot of the time, if I'm going to find someone and lead them to Jesus, they're just some random, just uh, somebody on the streets, just someone that I, I need to, that I strike up a conversation with. And I was down at Subway in Baronia. And while I was getting a, a sandwich, I remember saying to God, Lord, I just need to share the gospel with someone. Do you ever get that itch? Like you, you just go, gosh, it feels like it's been a little while. You know, I've been, I've, I, just, I just need to tell someone. And I said, God, I'll, I'll pray for anyone, right? Just, you know, I'll pray for anyone. There's this group of people and, and sitting down and, and God says, you can pray for those people. I said, okay. I said, well, when I go over there, I said, I don't want to just go up and say, hey, I just want to tell you the gospel which would be totally okay, by the way, but I just want a little edge. So I said, um, God, could you give me a word of knowledge so that when I go and, and deposit the gospel, it's going to actually sink in because they're like, wow, 
okay, so, so God spoke to you. So I just wanted something. God says, I'll give you a, a word for these people. I said, okay. So I go over to these people. And the part of the story that I haven't told you so far is that the group, this group of people were um, the Banditos bikers. And I'm not actually joking. How do you know? Because they wear it on their jackets. So I go over there and I said, hey guys, how you doing? And they're like, yeah, we're fine. They were actually the sweetest people ever. Very kind, very nice in the daylight of Baronia. <laughs> so I said, I said, hey, listen, uh, I'm a Christian. I felt like God told me something. I wanted to share it with you. Um, can I do that? And, and I, I shared the gospel and I, I shared this word with this guy, right? And then I said, can I pray for you? And guys, people always say yes. They always, even if they're not sure what they believe, they always say yes. Because you know what they're thinking? Couldn't hurt, right? That's what they're thinking. So I said, can I lay my hands on you? Which is a very important question to ask people that are part of a gang. And, the, and, and he said, yes. And so I laid my hands on this guy and I, I prayed for him in Jesus' name, amen. You know, and, and so they heard it. They said, oh, you know, thanks. And, and, and so I, I had that prompting. But imagine if I was overcome by fear, in a sense, and, and didn't share that. And I think that's something that we, we all wrestle with from time to time. Psalm 56 verse 11 says, In God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Which is a, a good question. Actually, I thought about every now and then, just take a step back from the scriptures. I thought they could abduct me. They could put me in a boot. They could reject me. You know, uh, there's a, like, you know, they could kill me. Like, man can actually do a lot of things. But I guess if you're trying to figure out where you stand on things, you're either going to trust in God or you're going to be afraid of people. So, so. I'm not saying think shallow. I'm saying think all the way through. What are they really going to do? The, the truth is, guys, is that most people in that scenario, you know what they're going to say? They're going to go, nah, I don't really believe that. Oh, that's okay, isn't it? It's just saying no. How bad could that be? Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. A snare is a trap. So when you have a fear of man, you're actually trapped by that. There's a lot of people that are living trapped right now as followers of Jesus. They're totally trapped. Right? But this is interesting because it says, whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So I think what people sometimes think is, if I go to work and people don't know what I really believe, they feel like that's safe. I'm safe. I made it through. They still don't know about me yet. I'm safe. I walked into an environment that's totally hostile to my belief, right? But they don't know about me yet. And I haven't said anything and I don't plan to. And if I don't say anything, that's going to keep me safe, right? Well, the scripture says, no, no, that's going to keep you trapped. It says the opposite of that. It says trusting in the Lord, that's the best place to be. That's where you're actually safe. Safe. So if I trust in God and I, and I really do trust Him, what am I going to do? I'm going to say what He tells me to say and I'm going to do what He tells me to do. And that 
apparently, according to the scriptures, if you believe them, is the safest place that you can be. Fear is a weird thing. It just manifests differently in different ways. And it can subtly sometimes influence your behavior. When I took over this church, I was, I think it was around 30, 32. And um, I, I looked like I was 25. And so, and so that's why I started growing. I actually started growing facial hair. It made me look a little bit older. You'll notice that now I'm shaving it back. Now I'm happy to go backwards. But the thing is, you take over the church, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a young senior pastor, I suppose, in that regard. And so there's a certain amount of credibility that you need as a pastor to have people come and listen to you, right? Like they're going to come and sit and listen. So we, every now and then we would have people come and they'd preach in the church. And when they would preach, they might give an altar call and they say, um, hey, does anybody need to respond to that? And I reckon there was definitely times where I thought, yeah, I probably do. I probably could respond to that. Like, you know, maybe I just like there's some loss of something in my life like maybe I'm frustrated or maybe I've I don't know there's something I, I'm telling you I just know that there were moments where I thought I probably could respond to that but I thought how good does it look to the church if the senior pastor responds and says yeah I need a little bit of help well on reflection it probably would have looked humble but when you've got a, a bit of pride in your life and you, and you want people to think oh we trust you you don't do it you don't respond you don't say anything you know and, and, and why well, the reason you don't respond is because you're concerned about what other people think. How many people do not respond to altar calls because they're really thinking, I wonder what they're going to think about me or who's behind me? Guys, who cares? You can stay there and stay trapped all you want or you can be humble and get free. Like choose for yourself. And I, I, I just wonder, did I miss out on some things because I wasn't humble enough to say, yeah, I, I actually probably could use some prayer maybe in that, in that area of my life? Probably, yeah. And I, got, I got over that years ago. So now if someone's leading an, a, 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 some kind of prayer moment and I need some prayer, I'm going to say, yeah, totally. I, I, I need help with that. Sure. In fact, Matt Wynn was doing one last week, right? And he was praying for healing. And he said, hey, so if anybody needs healing in their bodies, you can like raise your hand and put it in the air. And I was like, yeah, I definitely need healing, right? And right as I was near the peak of my arm going up, right? He goes, and if you're really struggling with addictions. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm here now. And I still need that healing. So people can think what they want, but I need that healing. You know, which is another point about being clear with altar calls and breaking it up, you know. <laughs> Hands up if you're love with Jesus but struggle with pornography. People are like, what are you doing to me? Stop it. It's weird. If you care more about looking good than being healthy, you have a problem. You need people's approval. And approval is a weird idol. It's a strange idol. And the fear of man will place approval, other people's approval, on the throne of your heart. How do you know if it's sitting on the throne of your heart or in the seat of worship? Well, if you're fearing people more than you're worshiping God or trusting in Him, that would be a good indicator because you're actually living for approval of the wrong person. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Have you noticed that rejection only hurts when it comes from a person in whom you need approval from, it only hurts then. Like when you don't care 
what somebody else says. Like if you don't care about some specific person's approval of you, right? It doesn't matter. You don't, you can, you can deal with the rejection. It's fine. But when it comes to someone that's really important in your life and you desperately need theirs, that's when the rejection hurts the most. It just, it's different with different people. Most of us don't, most of us don't fear what other people say or like strangers say, you know why? Because we're never going to see them again. But some people would care desperately what their friends think because you're going to see them again next week. And if you were totally transparent about what you believe, well, you're going to have to see them again and deal with whatever that means on the other side of that. Most people care a bit more about what their work colleagues think because what if their work colleagues thought something terrible of them, you know? Or what if it costs you a promotion because you were transparent about what you think or, or who you really are? And I, I definitely get that. Some people are still held so captive. They've been Christians for 20, 30 years, but their parents' perspective of who they are still traps them to this day. And they would love nothing more than to win the approval of their parents. And that is a trap. I mean, it's awesome if your parents give you approval. It's great. But if you live for one, if you live for that, and that's got on the throne of your heart, it's not going to help you. You know what Jesus said? He says, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but they do. They do. Actually, that was Jesus's point. He was saying, who would do that practically? And everyone goes, no. And his whole point was, why would you do that with the gospel? Like, that's really what he's saying. Who lights a lamp and puts it under a basket? Who has the gospel and keeps it to themselves? I'll tell you who, someone with a fear of men. Yeah. That's, that's the people that keep it to themselves, right? Yeah. What will they think of me is probably one of the most controlling questions in a person's life. But what will they think of me? But what will they think of me? But what will they think of me? You know, like, wow, that's controlling. If you're worried about what other people think, it can, to a certain degree, influence you. Like, for example, anybody that's married here today? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so when you, some of you were like, we're not sure. We'll pray for you after the service. Um, <laughs> but when you wanted a second date, did you, did you give consideration to what you wore on your first date? Yeah, you did. On your, and your first date or second date, because you're in that season of wanting to impress someone. I bet you washed your face. I bet you washed your hair. A little bit of cologne, guys, doesn't go astray. Make sure you put on deodorant. You dressed a little bit sharp. Why? What's with all that? Well, you care about somebody else's opinion. That's not a bad thing, by the way, because you do want a follow-up date. But what I'm saying is, it has, when you care about what somebody else thinks, it has the ability to influence your behavior and what you do. That, in the wrong way, can become completely controlling. What will th people think of me? What will they think of me? What will they think of me? That is a question that is so debilitating as a Christian and it stops the spread of the gospel because they're so worried about approval. And what I'm saying to you this morning is if you feel like that, you need to get free of that. You need to be set free because you're actually trapped. It's a bad place to be and you need to get free of that kind of thinking. You need to get free. Some, it's, some fears, like what will people think of me? 
some worries and some concerns, probably a scale really. Even in a minor, on a minor level, it can influence your behavior. I remember years ago, I was at a, I think it was a pastor's conference, and I was speaking to another pastor. And while he was talking to me, there was little to no eye contact, and he kept looking over my shoulder. Have you ever had that? You hate it, don't you? What does it feel like? Rejection. Because what it really feels like is, I don't really want to be in this conversation. I want to be in another conversation. And so I, of course, I can see this, right? I actually found out later, the reason that this person was looking over my shoulder is because they were a driver for somebody else and they were just about ready to go. And they were trying to keep an eye on that person because as soon as the, the guy got to the door, they had to just leave and get in the car and drive them somewhere because they had another appointment or something, right? But I didn't know all of that then. But it's weird how it subtly influenced my behavior, just in a subtle way. So now I go to a pastor's conference and I'm chatting with other people. If I even think for a minute, there's a, some kind of subtle, oh, you want to be somewhere else? Fine. Right, so what do I do? I, I, I get out of conversations before they can. <laughs> right? Because then I don't have to feel what? Right. So what am I going to do? I'm going to talk. And the moment I, there's a hint of like, oh, you want to be somewhere else? Okay. Hey, listen, I've got, I've got to get going. I've got to get going. Guys, this is just prideful, right? But, but uh, I've, got to go, I've got to be somewhere else where I don't know, but I need to be there now, <laughs> right? What's that? Is that a fear? No, it's not a fear, but it's not exactly the same as being free, is it? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a small snare in there. And, and, and what's the thing that I'm thinking? I care about how I'm perceived. I, I want to feel accepted. I don't want to ever have that feeling or that sense of rejection. And if you are desperate for people to like you, here's my question. How are you going to be a Christian? How are you going to do this? If that's the thing that's really driving your interactions. If you need pre, uh, approval and you're overthinking all the conversations that you have, well, you need to be free of that. You need freedom in your life. Because right now, whether you realize it or not, you're actually trapped in a way that you don't quite understand. Here's what Jesus said, Luke 12, verse 4. He said, I tell you, my friends, this is nice. They're friends. He's giving them good advice, not, not to people that he doesn't like, but to people he does like. Jesus likes you. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who can kill the body and after that have nothing more they can do. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Again, <laughs> just every now and then step back from the scriptures and really think about that. <laughs> Some of you were already in the next verse. I'm saying that Jesus' advice is, don't worry about people that will kill you. Some of you were like way too spiritual. You're like, that's right. Rubbish. If someone looks like they're going to kill you, you're a little bit more concerned than the look you've got on your face right now. I promise you that. Jesus says, don't worry about the people that will kill you because after they've killed you, that's the end of their work. 
Yeah, you're right, I guess. Where are you going with this, Jesus? But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed you, has the authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. What's he really saying? He's making a point. And the takeaway is your behavior is being controlled by the wrong people. So what do you do? Well, what Jesus is saying is, why don't you give your fears some perspective in life? Like, who is God? And what were you so afraid of again? Who is He? And could you tell me that worry that you had again? What was that thing that you were so concerned about? Oh, you were worried that someone was going to say, I don't believe in Jesus. That, oh, that's what it was. Okay. What has he asked you to do? What are you worried about? It's crazy. See, I realized that you're not free to follow until you're free of fear. It's true. I'm not actually trying to be clever. It just makes sense. You're not free to follow Jesus completely until you're free of the fear of approval from people who don't even know who He is. How are you going to be a Christian if you live your life in fear of these things? And I'm just letting you know this morning that I'm going to pray for this. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive some prayer in this area. I'm doing this right now at this part in the message so that you've got some time to think about whether you really want to respond to an altar call or live trapped for the rest of your life. So you can start to think about that right now. Because what does God want for you? He wants everyone to be free. Recovery of sight to the blind. Freedom for the captives. That's why He came. How do you know if you've got a fear of man? This is how you know. You hide things about yourself. That's how you know. You hide things about yourself. For example, you hide your faith. You got a fear of men. You hide it. If you've been in church for longer than about five minutes, you'll know that the scriptures say you should share your faith. There's no new groundbreaking revelation today, is there? You already know that you're supposed to do that. So if you don't say a thing, you are hiding it. Why do you do that? Because you need their approval. Some people know their calling and they're not even serving. And the reason they're not even serving right now in this church is because maybe they're afraid that if they step out and say, I believe that I'm called to do this, someone might come along and say, no, that's not true. So they're hiding their calling because they're afraid that someone will reject them. Wild, isn't it? What about the gospel? When was the last time you shared the gospel? Not the edited version that makes every minority group happy. 
but the unedited, beautiful, inclusive message of Jesus loving you and coming for you. When it was the last time you shared the unedited version of that message, do you hide it? If you hide it, maybe the issue is you're afraid of rejection. And I would say to that, if that is where you are, honestly, who cares? You're not going to die. You're not. Someone might say, I don't like what you're saying. Could you live with that? So that dozens, hundreds, thousands of people could say yes to Jesus for the ones that don't. You're not going to die. You will be okay. And if you are in this situation at all and you need, you know that you have a fear of man or you are living in some way for other people's approvals. I'm telling you right now, you need to be free of that because you are not free to follow until you're free of fear. So I want you to stand to your feet. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.